Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I'm glad to have you guys um, here another week. Um, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to um, be on here and to also have listeners um, on podcast uh, platforms as well. I'm excited about the extension that God has um, provided for um, for this particular uh, platform for Imperfectly Perfect Live. Um, for those that don't know about the announcement, um, we are now on uh, different podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, and um, some others. Uh, if you want to learn more about some of the other platforms that we are on, please go to I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page and all of the podcasts um, are on there from previous weeks. And you can also go on there and listen to it after this one is over. Hi, Tamika. Thank you for watching. I miss you. So yes, we are, um, we have been, we started, excuse me, we started a new series last week called Unqualified, Unqualified. And with that particular series, um, God has just enlightened me that uh, we have an issue, concluding myself, that we have an issue with um, thinking that we have to be perfect, thinking that we have to have all the credentials, thinking that we have to have the money, thinking that we have to have all of these factors just so that we can fulfill the God purpose that God has created us to do. And God was just uh, enlightening me on a few things last week. Um, what determines if we're qualified or not in the natural? There's a lot of things that, thank you, sis. <laughs> There's um, a lot of things that, um, as far as like non, the natural qualities that we as people, we are focused on. Uh, some of the things are race, some of the things are weight, some of the things are money and class. Um, these are the things that in the natural that will, um, will determine whether or not we're qualified or not to receive a job, to receive a loan, to be accepted by society. Um, but one of the things that I um, pointed out last week is what qualifies us in the spirit unqualifies in the spirit and there's nothing there's nothing that can unqualify us in the spirit there's nothing that we have, could have done in our past there's nothing that we can do to try to earn god's love but truly accept jesus christ as lord lord and savior truly follow christ truly uh, follow his commandments truly follow him because being a follower of christ is not easy and God is not looking for perfection, but he's looking for people that are going to be available, looking for people that's going to depend on him, even even if it doesn't look like on a paper that they qualify, even if it doesn't look like um, they're supposed to be doing the job. But God, God wants us to know who's available to be used by him. Hi, David. Hi, Laura. He wants to see who's going to be uh, available to be used by him. And then also who qualifies in the, us in the spirit is God himself. God qualifies us. It's, it's no man can qualify us. We can qualify, qualify us. And a lot of times we have an issue of having a, a spirit of pride and thinking that, oh, just because I have an amount of money or just because I came from this um, this um, family lineage that, oh, yeah, that God is going to use me. No. God uses people that looks uncommon to man that does not um, that does not fit the fit the um, qualification on paper and the natural. God will use them. And so we talked about that um, last week and just, you know, I just gave you a preview or a background of what this series is about is that unqualified theory is, is to get rid of every excuse, get rid of anything that or any assumption that um, the enemy has co convinced us of, convinced us that um, we have as far uh, convincing us that we're unqualified to fulfill God's work. And there's so many examples throughout this series. We're going to be talking about examples such as Moses. Um, he's talking about samples, Jer um, Jeremiah, who was a prophet, talking about Noah, talking about different examples concerning this. And I'm going to get into the example that we're talking about this evening. Um, but please, if you didn't get, get a chance to see last week's podcast, please go on I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page and you'll be able to see last week's podcast. Or you can go on the podcast that I mentioned, Spotify, um, Apple, Google, and listen to it from last week. Um, so let's say a word of prayer and get right into tonight's topic for this evening. 
Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. I thank you, Father God, for being here in the midst, God. I thank you, Father God, for shining your light there, Father God, and just allowing your presence, God, to saturate this place. God, I, I don't do anything without you, God, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for seeing fit, God, to use me for such a platform as this. I thank you, God, for every person that is watching, every person that is listening, every person, God, that will listen in the future or watch in the future. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have ordained this particular passage that God for this particular topic because you see God that your children may need it God you saw fit God to speak and deal with me God concerning this topic and I thank you Holy Spirit for helping me God to be able God to deliver the word God that you have God um, impregnated me with father help me the father God and I ask the Holy Spirit that you would take control move through me father decrease me father may you increase heavily God throughout this podcast thank you Holy Spirit and may you be glorified and magnified in Jesus this name amen all right thank you for all of those that are tuning in um i appreciate your constant support and i pray that um as we go throughout this series that people will be delivered and people will be enlightened and that we will be encouraged to fulfill god's work even though we're in a pandemic it does not matter god's work must continue god's work it does not put a stop to god's work and actually i talked about this before in um, previous podcasts but God allowed this pandemic to happen to get us refocused, to get us in alignment with him so that we can see, okay, this is this is what God has for me to do. He got us at a point, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but this person that we're going to be talking about tonight, he gets us at a point in our lives where he gets us by ourselves. He gets us by ourselves without all the noise, without all the distractions, without all the, the, the uh, dependencies on other things. And he gets us to a point where the only thing that we can do is depend on him. The only thing that we can do is depend on him. We can't depend on um, our own experiences. We can't depend on nothing else but him. Yes, it's good that you got an education. That don't, um, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. It's good. That you got the experience. It's good that you have a certain family background. It's good. That's all good. But that's not that's not what God is looking for. He's looking for somebody has good, that has great character. He's looking for somebody that's going to be dependent on him. He's looking for somebody that's going to trust him. He's looking for people that's going to be obedient to him. And not when when um when your back is against the wall. That you just flee and run because things get too rough or things get too hard. No, he wants to see, okay, when when the going gets tough, are you going to say, Lord God, I realize that I'm in a rock and a hard place, but Lord, I depend on you. For Father God, I know that you created me for such a purpose and such a time as this. So I know that if you created me for this time and place, I know that you have given me. I know that you will strengthen me. I know that you will give me everything I need. Give me the resources. Turn, Show me the way, Father. This is what God requires from us. So we can't sit around no more longer and say, I'm unqualified. No more longer and say that I don't fit the, fit the qualification. No, we can't use that excuse anymore. And even going into what unqualified means, we talked about it a little bit last week. It means not fit. Not fit. So if you feel like you're unqualified, you feel like you don't fit. You feel like you don't fit in. But it's not meant, um, have your way, Holy Spirit. It is not meant for us to fit in. Those that have truly accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he has called us to stand out. He has called us to be set apart. To be set apart. So if, if you look like, it looks like you're quote unquote unqualified and you're not fit, good then it means you that means you have definitely you definitely qualify because you don't normally you wouldn't fit in normally you wouldn't fit into uh, a job a qualification based on your resume normally to society you wouldn't be able to get that modeling job because of of your body type or because of the color of your skin but God says, I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at who's available. I'm looking at who's going to trust me. I'm looking at um, when when it looks like uh, things are not going to happen, that they pray unto me and say, Lord, God, I need you to turn some things around. That's what God is looking for. He's not looking for a people that's going to depend on man or depend on themselves. He's looking, on, looking for people that's going to depend on him no matter what. No matter what. Even when things look like it's not happening. God says, I'm working on your behalf. He said, I'm working on your behalf. And so that's what 
God is um was uh showing us concerning tonight and even throughout these series so as we continue the series just get that in your mind frame and different examples we're going to be using all of these people are relevant concerning them feeling unqualified hi Lexi them feeling unqualified so the example the person that we're going to use tonight is Jacob Jacob and the title or the title of tonight's series is war between flesh and spirit War between flesh and spirit. And just to give you a little background, because I don't have time to, you know, give you the whole story. Jacob is a whole lot that went along with Jacob's story. But just to give you a little background, Jacob is the son of Isaac. He's the twin brother of Esau. They are the sons of Isaac and Rachel. And this particular Jacob, just to give you a background also, Jacob means one who follows on another's hills. One who follows on another's hills. So just thinking about it, when Jacob was born, when Esau and Jacob was born, rather, um, Esau came out first. So therefore, even though they're twins, he's the firstborn because he came out first. But Jacob, he grabbed onto Esau's hills. He grabbed on it. And means someone that follows. Mean, if you think about a follower, think about a follower. That means that they, a follower, whew, Jesus, a follower wants what other people want. A follower acts like somebody else. A follower does not have a mind for themselves. A follower will do anything and everything to get what other people have because they're not confident in themselves. They don't understand. They don't have a sense of identity for themselves. So Jacob, who Jesus, Jacob had no choice to be who he was. He came out the womb following. He came out the womb being fearful. He came out the womb being jealous. He came out the womb wanting to deceive others to get and be desperate so much to get, um, be liked by people so much to be liked by his father that he was he was willing to deceive his father and that's getting a little ahead of myself but just think about his name and it's the sidebar but you have to be careful of what you name your children you have to be careful of what you name your children because the name a person's name sets the bar for who they're going to be throughout their lives a name sets the sets the bar and it truly um it lets you know of the of the circumstances that they may come come about just based off of their name you have to be careful about what you name your children so continuing on so again jacob means one who follows one another's hills jacob was a liar and a deceiver he wanted what, what was already promised to his twin brother. And I told you already that his twin brother, even though they were twins, Esau was the firstborn. He tricked his father Isaac into giving him the blessing of the firstborn. So, and also I'm going to go there in a second. But the firstborn, the firstborn was able for those that are firstborn and I'm the I'm the firstborn but I mean and back then it was really more special being a firstborn because that means that you are the promised one that means that you um had a and you inherit inherited the kingdom or you inherited the possessions of your um of your family if your father or your mother uh, passed away you became the head of household head of household so Esau being the firstborn when the time came, Esau was about to receive the blessing. Esau was about to receive a blessing over his lineage from his father, Isaac. And Jacob knew that. Jacob knew that. And because he's a follower, he wanted what Esau had. He envied Esau. He was just jealous over Esau. Esau was strong. He was mighty. He was like, a, he was a caveman. Like he was out there in the field. Jacob was a person that he just wanted to be in the house. He was a mama's boy. Let's just be real. Jacob was a mama's boy. His mother, Rachel, loved him dearly and he, she favored him. But Isaac, um, Isaac favored Esau. Because of Esau's strength. Because of his game. Because of the things that Esau was not afraid 
Esau was not afraid. He was very fearless. And Jacob was fearful. That's what followers are. Followers are fearful. They follow after others. They follow after the leader because they want to depend on them. They want to depend on their qualifications. And so if you look at it on paper, Jacob was not qualified for the blessing. Esau was. But Jacob wanted it. So let's go to um, Genesis 25 right quick. Genesis 25 verse 29 to 34. And I'm reading from the Message Bible. The Message Bible. And it says, One day Jacob was cooking a stew. Esau came in from the field, starved. Esau said to Jacob, Give me some of that red stew. I'm starved. That's how he came to be called Edom, red. Jacob said, Make me a trade. My stew for your rights is the firstborn. Wow. Esau said, I'm starving. What good is a birthright if I'm dead? Jacob said, First, swear to me. And he did it. On oath, Esau traded away his rights as the firstborn. Jacob gave him bread and the stew of lentils. He ate and drank, got up and left. That's how Esau struck, struck off his rights as the firstborn. So Jacob deceived his brother. Jesus. Jacob deceived his brother and he, he made sure that his brother was coming in hungry. His brother Esau was coming in desperate. So Esau was willing to give up anything for food. And Jacob knew that. He said, you know what? I'm going to deceive him. But this is not it. I don't have time to go there. But Esau, um, Jacob also... He deceived his brother, but he deceived his father. His father, um, his father, unfortunately, became blind. He was hard, hard of, um, he could not see well after a while because of old age. And so he, him and his mother, being conniving, deceiving, they, they, um, they did everything that um, Isaac had instructed Esau to do. And it went before his father and he deceived his father into thinking, into thinking that he was actually Esau when he was not. And because of that, because of that, Isaac blessed Jacob, but he was really supposed to be blessing Esau. And then he received the blessing. It's something. It was so special to have that blessing because that means that your lineage was blessed. That means that everything that your father had, you will receive too. And just a sidebar, just thinking about God, thinking about when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, how you are his lineage, how we are king's kids, how we inherit the blessings, how we inherit more because we accepted and because we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And because God is our father, we inherit favor. We inherit blessings. We inherit eternal life because of the decision that we made. We inherit that because we made that choice. But Jacob deceived his father, Isaac. He deceived him. That was not his birthright. That was Esau's birthright. And so Jacob had to suffer for that. He did suffer that for a long time. And he was even deceived as well. Deceived later on. Just give me the background. Jacob also was deceived. His, his father, Isaac, let him know. Go out there and you will not marry a, um, not have a wife, um, of the Canaan tribe, but you will go out, you go to your uncle, your, um, your mother's brother, and you will get, uh, they have two daughters. They have two daughters and you go to them, Rebecca and Leah, and you go to them and you will also, you will, uh, choose one of the daughters and marry them. So he went out to them, but he had to work for it. He had to work for it. And so the father, their father, his uncle, he made him work for it. He's like, you know what? Because he didn't like Leah. He actually liked uh, Rebecca. So he wanted to, he wanted to um, marry uh, Rebecca or Rachel. I'm praying I'm using the right name. Give me one moment, guys. Yeah, so let's continue on. So, um, so he wanted to marry, he wanted to marry one of the daughters and didn't like the other. But the father... He made him pay for it. He said, you know what? If you want my other daughter, I'm going to make you work for seven years. But then after the seven years was up, 
The father was like, oh, no, 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 you got to work a seven. So he had to work 14 years just to get the wife that he really wanted. But even that, um, the father still wouldn't let them go. So he had to suffer the consequences for what he did, what he did to his brother Esau and to his father Isaac. And so just thinking about that, going back to um, the passage, just thinking about that is that Jacob was a trickster by birth. He was a trickster by birth. But even with that, once Jacob went on, just think about it. Just think about many of us who have a Rachel. Thank you so much, Kita. <laughs> yes, I was like, I pray I'm saying the right name. Lord have mercy. Thank you, sis. Yes. So even with that, even with the past, even with our past, God still will give us a glimpse of our future. Even with the things that we have done to people, God will still give you a glimpse of your future. And so that's what God did. Once Jacob was sent on to um, go out and get his wife. God came to Jacob in a dream. Let's go to Genesis chapter 28 verse 10 through 22. Genesis chapter 28 verse 10 through 22. And I read from the Amplified Version. And if anybody knows a little bit about this dream. This dream is considered quote unquote Jacob's letter. So in verse 10, it says, Now Jacob left Beersheba, never to see his mother again, and traveled toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed overnight there because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down there to sleep. He dreamed that there was a ladder, stairway, placed on the earth, and the top of it reached out of sight toward heaven. And he saw the angels of God ascending and descending on it, going to and fro from heaven. And behold, the Lord stood above, above and around him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father's father, and the God of Isaac. I will give to you and to your descendants the land of promise on which you are lying. Your descendants shall be as countless as the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and the east and the north and the south. And all the families, nations of the earth shall be blessed through you and your descendants. Behold, I am with you and will keep careful watch over you and guard you wherever you may go. And I will bring you back to this promised land. For I will not leave you and I will bring you back to, well, excuse me. If I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And just take a note of that because this is going to be relevant later on in the story. Again, it says, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, without any doubt, the Lord is in this place. And I did not realize it. So he was afraid and said, how fearful and awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gateway to heaven. So Jacob got up early in the morning and took the stone he had put under his head and he set it up as a pillar. That is a monument to the vision in his dream. And he poured olive oil on the top of it to consecrate it. The previous name of the city was Luz, Almond Tree. Then Jacob made a vow, promise, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take and will give me food to eat and clothing to wear, and if he grants that, I return to my father's house in safety, then the Lord will be my God. This stone which I have set up as a pillar monument memorial, memorial excuse me, will be God's house, a sacred place to me. And of everything that you give me, I will give the tenth to you as an offering to signify my gratitude and dependence on you, my God. So God met Jacob. He met him. It's two experiences that Jacob had. He had one when he was still in his in himself and he was still in doing his wickedness and doing his deceiving. And later on, you're going to see that Jacob also had another encounter of God. 
So this particular Jacob's ladder was an encounter from God that Jacob experienced so Jacob can foresee his future. Foresee his future. We're talking about war between flesh and spirit. War between flesh and spirit. Your flesh is a part of your past. Oh, Jesus. Some things that you may struggle with your past. The things that, you know, you have somewhat, quote unquote, inherited because of, of, of your lineage. Because of your, um, the generation. The generational curses. But in the spirit realm, my God. In the spirit realm, talking about your future, talking about your new, your new, the word of God talks about us being a new create, um, creation, being a new creature, leaving all the old things behind us and behold, we, we become new. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we turn away from those wicked things. We turn away from those old habits. That's the choice that we have to make when we choose to be set apart for Christ. But Jacob still struggled with these things. He still struggled with having, um, he struggled with insecurities. He struggled with being the second uh, born. He struggled with uh, being a follower. He struggled. And because he struggled with these things, he constantly lied. He constantly deceived. He constantly ran away. Because he did not understand who he truly was. But this is why, this is why God showed, oh, Jesus. This is why God showed Jacob who he created him to be. This is why God had to show Jacob where he was going. Because even though, as you're going to see, even though Jacob, after he received this word from God, he still struggled and he still struggled to turn away from those things. Jacob always knew in the back of his mind of who God created him to be and of who, where God was taking him. And I'm just going to use me for example, just to give you a little bit of my business, which I already do anyway. But I remember when I was 17 years old and coming from Victory Christian Center, which was my home church. And on a Wednesday night in August, I received a word from Apostle Jimmy A. Ellis III. And he let me know that I was going to be a prophetess and I was going to prophesy to the nations. And that day changed my life forever. And I'm not going to hold you. That day, I was just like, what? I'm going to do what? And I'm going to go where? And I'm a prophet. What? I was just like, wait a minute. This cannot be for me. Because the trainees back then, <laughs> I was shy. I was timid. I was fearful. I was insecure. I was, you know, me doing imperfectly perfect life. Yeah, okay. That was not even uh, going to be up for question. But even though I ran, I mean, I'm telling you, I ran for 13 years. It wasn't until I turned 30 that I had a what epiphany and was like, all right, trainees, how long? God was like, how long are you going to be running away from this calling? Doing anything and everything I wanted to get in the relationships that I wasn't supposed to getting in the party life um, Being fearful making decisions out of my flesh and not trusting God These are some of the things that I experienced. So I definitely can relate with Jacob Is that even even after I received my word of who God created me to be and no I am not ordained to be a prophet So let's put that disclaimer out there. I'm just letting you know the word that God gave to me so that has not happened yet. So glory be to God. Um, but even when Jacob received his word, he still was not obedient. He ran away. He ran away from his word. He was just like, okay, that's cool. But I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. I'm still going to be a liar. I'm still going to be a deceiver because yeah, God, I hear you. But. I don't see how this is going to happen. I don't see, you know, I, I did, you know, all this, uh, I did my brother dirty. So I must, I must have to reap what I sow. He didn't understand how he, how he can, uh, receive the blessings from God when he lied and when he was a deceiver and when he did so many people wrong, he didn't understand how, how he was, how he was going to be able to do that. And so God, the reason why God showed them this. It's so that 
even though he still messed up throughout the time after this, so that when the moment came right and after he experienced time, after he uh, was fleeing away, after he had to, after he had to suffer a while, after he had to reap what he sold from his uh, future father-in-law, and actually, and actually see what it feels like to be deceived, he was like, you know what? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And so let's continue on. And so Jacob was fearful that even though God promised him that his lineage would be blessed, he would still be killed for what he did in his past. Just like Jacob, many of us feel like we're unqualified because of our past, generational curses, our position, and comparing ourselves to others. How many of us, like including myself, are like Jacob? Because of the things that you have done in your past, because of, you know, the, the past relationships or the past lifestyle that you may have had, or because um, your generation, they're known for being alcoholics or they're known for being drug um, users, or they're known for having babies out of wedlock, or they're, they're known for, um, for not going to college or whatever the curse is, or they're having a spirit of poverty, or your position. Because of the position that you're in or just because of the neighborhood that you grew up in or, you know, things that you had had no uh, control over. Or uh, are you are you struggling with comparing yourselves to others because maybe they receive uh, the blessings before you did or maybe uh, it seems like God favored them more than you. But let me tell you a little bit about comparing yourselves to others. God has a timing and a place for everybody in their walk. So just because somebody may have received the promotion before you, it does not mean that God favors them more. It does not mean that he loves them better than you. It just means that it's not time yet. It just means that it's not time yet. You could have some growing to do. You could have to le learn um, and experience some things. So you're not ready to receive those promises. And that's where Jacob was at. Jacob wasn't ready. I know I wasn't ready. Even though I received that word. Jacob was not ready. He still could not see. He was appreciative of it. But he could not see. How in the world is God going to use me and I'm a liar and deceiver and a conniving and very conniving? How is God going to use me? That's what Jacob mind was at. I'm not the firstborn, even though I got the, the birth right now, but I lied my way into that. Is that the way a lot, a lot of you are thinking? That just because of the things that you could have been a thief, you could have even, God forbid, murdered someone. But guess what? And that's not even an example tonight. But Paul was a murderer. Paul was a murderer. But Paul became, but Paul Saul, excuse me, he was Saul at first. But then God changed his name to Paul. And Paul saved. He helped lead many people to Christ. He was an apostle. He spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's nothing, and we're talking about unqualified series, there's no excuses that you can use to say that I can't be used by God because of my past. I can't be used by God because of what I've done. There's so many people in the word of God that, have, that you can compare yourself to. Trust me, God didn't leave nobody out. So it's nobody, you can say, oh, where's nobody in that word of God that, that uh, did what I did? That's a lie. Every God covered everybody. There's nothing. There's nobody that you can't go into the word of God and say, oh, man, that's me. It's always going to be somebody say, oh, man, wait, they did what? And then God was able to do what? There's always going to be an example in the word of God. But you have to be willing. You have to be willing for God to reveal that to you. You have to be willing. The word of God is powerful. The word of God will open your eyes to some things that, whew, my God, you're just like, wow, God, I didn't realize that 
that people struggled like I did. I didn't realize that people that I people were insecure like I am. These are some of the things that Jacob suffered with. And even after God told Jacob about his future, the spirit, the new, the spiritual self of Jacob, he still wrestled with his past, his flesh. How many of us are experiencing, and I can test for this, and I just prayed this this morning, and I was like, Lord, I feel like it's a constant war between my flesh and my spirit. I said, Lord God, I'm tired. I said, Lord God, I'm tired of this constant war between my flesh and my spirit. Knowing in my spirit, man, that God is a provider. Knowing in my spirit, man, that God is a promise keeper. Knowing in my spirit, man, that God is sovereign. That God is a keeper. That God is, is a protector. That God saved it. Jesus Christ saved me. Knowing all of this. But then still finding myself doubting. Still finding myself um, worrying. Still finding myself having a lack of faith. Why? Because of the constant war between my flesh and my spirit. It's, it, yes, this, this is really real. Because it doesn't matter if you have a title. It doesn't matter if you are a doctor or a lawyer. It doesn't matter if you are the president of the United States. It does not matter. Even Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Even Jesus wrestled with his flesh and his spirit. Spirit, When it came down to it and he was in the garden of Gethsemane. And he knew that it was his time for him to make the ultimate sacrifice to die on the cross for our sins. And he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was in the garden of Gethsemane and the enemy was tempting him. Quoting the word to, to Jesus Christ as if Jesus Christ didn't know the word. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the word. He is the word. And trying to convince Jesus that if you, you know, bow down to me, then I will give you all your heart's desires. If you eat, hey, Jesus, if you eat, I will give you this, I will give you that. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. But every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus had to quote back the word to the enemy. And Jesus struggled because he said he knew why he was sent. He knew why he was sent here on earth. He knew it. But his flesh was weak. His flesh was weak. And he said, Lord God, please take this cup away from me. Take it away, Father. But even, even when he said that he still came back with the word. He still came back the word saying, Lord, have your will. Whatever your will is, Father, strengthen me. Strengthen me so that I can fulfill your will, God. So if even Jesus struggled, had a war between flesh and spirit. Do you think that we would not have that war too? Do you think that? And so later on, Jacob, he had another encounter with God. He already um, had children. He married Leah and Rachel. Yes, Leah and Rachel had children with both of them, even had children with some concubines. And his, his father-in-law still would not let him go. And so he deceived him. And took all his wives, all his kids, and he left. He left when his father didn't know it. His father-in-law was looking for him. But even then, he still was afraid that Esau was going to find out about him. His, Esau was even looking for him. And he was fearful that Esau was going to kill him. Because Esau found out where, I, where, um, where Jacob was. And he wanted to see his brother. He hadn't seen his brother in a long time. So Jacob was like, oh no. I, I just know this is about to be the end all be all. Because I know what I did to my brother. And last time I seen him, he was ready to kill me. So he just separated. He separated his family. Because God blessed him. Even though Jacob did what he did. God blessed him. 
God blessed him. He favored him. He had more. He because again that word that uh, that Jacob had received in the dream. So God favored him. But Jacob still had that that deceiver, that liar in him, that that one that could just like you know when he heard that Esau was looking for him, he went back into that little brother syndrome. Was like, oh man, like Esau about to get me. And see, like you know what, I need to separate this, and I need to I need to set up a plan so I can give him. Listen, I'm willing to even give him half of what I got. And then the other the other one, the other half, maybe it can just run away. And so he sent off, he separated them, split them in two. But then, whew, Jesus, God got Jacob again by himself. How many of us are at a place where God is getting you by yourself without all the noise, without all the distractions, without the dependency on your job, without... The dependency on man without the dependency on your family. And God is getting you by yourself. Because you made excuses of why you couldn't pray. You made excuses of why you couldn't serve. You made excuses of why you couldn't start that business. You made excuses of why you couldn't write that book. You've made excuses of why you cannot be used to minister to someone when you know that your testimony can help them that your testimony will help bring deliverance to them are you jacob tonight are you jacob knowing who god has created you to be but you're insecure knowing who god what god has told you is going to come to pass in your life but you can't see it why because you're blinded by your past you're blinded by what's in front of you and you can't look past your natural eyes. So you constantly find yourself running away. You constantly find yourself at a place where it's like, God, how is it possible? How is it possible? But even when Jacob got to a point, even when Jacob got to the point where he was being afraid, whoo, Jesus, what you're going to go to right now? Jacob wrestled with God. Jacob wrestled with God. And what does wrestle mean? Struggle with a difficulty or problem. Wrestle means struggle with a difficulty or problem. Let's go to Genesis 32. Genesis 32 verse 24 through 31. And I read from the Amplified Version. Genesis 32 verse 24 through 31. Amplified. It says, so Jacob was left alone and a man came and wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he touched his hip joint and Jacob's hip was dislocated as he wrestled with him. So I want to pause right here because I was like, okay, God, why, why did you touch Jacob's hip? What was so significant about Jacob's hip that you would touch it while you're in the middle of wrestling with him? And so I got a little background of the importance of a hip joint. So according to innerbody.com, it says the hip joint is one of the most important joints in the human body. It allows us to walk, run, and jump. It bears our body's weight and the force of the strong muscles of the hip and leg. Yet the hip joint is also one of our most flexible joints and allows a greater range of motion than all other joints in the body except for the soldier. Yes, Melissa, that's Genesis 32, 24 through 31. Also the hip joint, during running and jumping, for example, the force of the body's movements multiplies the force on the hip joint to many times the force exerted by the body's weight. The hip joint must be able to accommodate these extreme forces repeatedly during intense physical activities. 
So thinking about going back to the passage when Jacob was wrestling with God. And Jacob and God touched Jacob's hip joint to knock it out of his socket. And learning about the hip joint of how the importance of how it's important that the hip joint helps to balance our weight. It helps to balance our weight. Oh, Jesus. The hip joint balances our weight when we are struggling. When, when it says, it even says intense physical activities. And wrestling. I don't know anybody knows about wrestling, but I was a big wrestler, uh, WrestleMania fan, WWE fan back in the day. And just thinking about the wrestlers and how the strength they had, just thinking about one touch and knocking that hip joint out of place, they will be weakened instantly. Jacob was weakened instantly with one touch. It didn't say, whew, it didn't say, let me go back to that right quick. It didn't say that, that God punched it. It didn't say that he kicked it. It said that he touched it. God said he touched it. It could be just a little tap. All God did, I could just imagine in my head that all God did was touch and it knocked it out of his socket. Why? Because God didn't need to do all of that. Why? Because God is powerful. God could have blew, God could have blew just a small wind and it would have knocked everything. God didn't need to do all that. He's all powerful. He said he touched it. And it knocked it out of his socket. So I was thinking about that. God had to get Jacob into a place where he was weakened. Where he was weakened. Because Jacob would, Jacob would not let up. Because furthermore, in verse 26 it said, Then he said, let me go for day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing on me. So I'm going to pause again right here because remember, <laughs> go to that passage again. Remember when Jacob received that word from God during the Jacob's letter and God was letting him know about his future. Glory be to God. Let me go back to that right quick so we can compare, do a compare and contrast. Jake and back in Genesis 28. In verse 10 through 22, just give you a little background again, going back to what God said. Because God promised him, God promised him. And Jacob said, then Jacob made a vow, promise saying, if God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take, I will give, I will give me food to, and give me food to eat and clothing to wear. And if he grants that, I return to my father's house in safety, then the Lord will be my God. Jesus. Then he said, Then this stone which I have set up as a pillar, monument, memorial will, will be God's house, a sacred place to me. And of everything that you give me, I will give the tenth to you as an offering to signify my gratitude and dependence on you. So going back to that dream that Jacob had, that God showed him his future, Jacob made a vow to God. That he would depend on him. And that he would go. He would do everything that God said. So going back in the future. Back to Genesis 32. Once he had a, another encounter with God. Jacob was reminded of that promise. Jacob struggled. Jacob had a, a hard life of, of, of struggling with his flesh and his spirit. He was conniving. He was deceitful. But he knew what God promised him. He knew what his future hold. And even though he was at a place where he thought he was going to be murdered by his brother. He said, Lord God, continuing on. But Jacob said, I will not go. Let you go until you declare a blessing on me. Until you declare a blessing on me. So he asked him. This is God asking him. He said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, my God, but Israel. 
for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Yes, David, perseverance and have prevailed. What does prevail mean? You didn't give up. Did Jacob did not give up. Jesus, he didn't give up. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? Huh? God is like, you don't need to know my name. And he declared a blessing of the covenant promises on Jacob there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, the face of God saying, for I have seen God face to face, yet my life has not been snatched away. Now the sun rose on him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the abandoned, the tendons, the, the tendons, excuse me, of the hip, which is on the socket of the thigh, because he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh by the tendon of the hip. So going back to this, why, why they talking about the hip again? God knocked Jacob's hip out of socket to remove his strength. And see if Jacob was going to give up. But when God saw that it was daybreak. They was wrestling all night. All night. Didn't stop. Didn't take a break. Didn't take a, uh, a time to get a drink of water. Nothing. Get some. Get a body, bite to eat and say alright let me, let me, let me tap out right quick. No. Jacob was so. <sighs> He was, he was so determined on receiving this blessing that God said he was going to give to him. He said, listen, if I'm about to, if I'm about to be killed, I'm, I'm going to get what's mine. I'm just thinking about how Jacob could feel like, wait a minute. I am separating my family. I'm separating my possessions because I think my, my brother Esau about to come out here and kill me. But I remember that dream that God gave me. I remember that dream God gave me. And you know what? If I'm going out tonight, if I'm going out um, tomorrow morning, I'm going to get what God gave me. I'm going to get it. And I don't blame Jacob. I don't blame him for wrestling with God. And even though Jacob finally got to a point where he understood. God finally got Jacob to a point where he understood what he was trying to teach him all along. What was God trying to teach Jacob? To depend on him. To not to not worry about uh, whether or not he was second born. To not worry about oh his past. God wanted to see if Jacob was not going to give up. That if Jacob was mature enough to handle. To handle the promise. If Jacob was, um, was strong enough to handle what, was, what lied ahead. What lied ahead. And so because Jacob, again, it said in his word, because Jacob did not give up, God changed his name. Let's go back to that verse again. God changed his name. And that's in the verse, that's in verse, uh, let's go 27 and 28. So, so he asked him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. So he didn't just say struggle that you struggle with me, with God. He said he also struggled with man because he did. He struggled with being accepted. He struggled with rejection. He struggled. How many of, of us struggle with being rejected? Struggle with uh, pleasing man instead of trying to please God. This was Jacob's struggles. And when he wrestled with God and would not give up, God saw that he was now mature. God saw that he was now ready. He saw it. And so why did, why did Jacob wrestle with God? Ja Jacob wanted to, God to bless him and give him what he promised him in a dream. Jacob fought for his future. Jacob was known to run away from his problems and lie. But he proved he was mature when he wrestled with God. He wrestled, his wrestle showed God that he repented and was ready for, for and was ready to receive the promise. 
when Shaker wrestled with God, he showed that he finally got it and that he repented and was now ready to receive his promise. Have, have we thought of actually taking that into consideration that maybe we have not received what God said he was going to give us because we was, we are still not ready because we still have unforgiveness in our heart because we may still have pride in our heart because we still have yet stopped deceiving people because we still are insecure. Have we ever taken into consideration that maybe we're not ready and then maybe it's still some lessons that we still need to learn. And until we learn that lesson, until we get to the point like Jacob, where we come to the point that we decide that we are not going to give up, that we are not going to give up until we receive what God said, until we develop a sense of maturity and a sense of character to have faith, to have temperance, to have patience. The fruits of the spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And so we have those qualities, long suffering, love. Let's talk about love, love in our heart. Until we develop those things in our character, that God says you're not ready. So we can't, we can't go to God and say, Lord, what's going on? Like I ain't received it yet. That's when you got to check yourself and see, are you truly ready? Are you truly ready to receive? Do you even understand what it means to even be in that position? Oh, my God. And just so you can understand the inheritance that Jacob and now Israel inherited. Let's go to Hosea. Hosea 12, verse 2 through 5. Hosea 12, 2 through 5, Amplified Version. And it said, the Lord also has a dispute, a legal complaint, a legal, a legal complaint and an indictment with Judah. And he will punish Jacob in accordance with his ways. He will repay him in accordance with his deeds. Oh, pause right there. The word of God said he will punish Jacob in accordance with his ways. Talking about his past, talking about all his bad habits. But he said also he will repay him in accordance with his deeds, his birthright, his inheritance. In their mother's womb, he took his brother by the hill. And in his maturity, he contended with God. What does contend mean? Struggled. Struggled with problems. He struggled. He wrestled with him. He wrestled with the angel and prevailed. He wept in repentance and sought his favor. He met him at Bethel and there God spoke with him and through him with us. Even the Lord, the God of hosts, the name of him who spoke with Jacob is the Lord. So God was showing Jacob repentance was the key. God say, I know what you did in your past. I'm aware. Why? Because he's God, the creator. He said, I'm aware of all of that. I'm even aware of what you did a few minutes ago. But he wants to see if we're going to repent. He wants to see if we're going to surrender. And that's what God required from Jacob. And that's what God requires from us. To see if we're going to repent. To see if we're going to surrender. Give it all. See when Jacob received that dream from God. He was at a place where he was ready to go. And, um, and claim his wife. Wives. But he was not ready to receive the ultimate promise of having a blessing over his descendants. Israel. Can you think about it? Just think about Israel. His name was Israel. The Israelites came from Israel's lineage. The Israelites are talking about the promised ones. They are the promised ones. So had not Jacob been obedient and repentant. And we are also lineage of the Israelites. Had Jacob not repented for his wrongdoing. Where would we be? If Jacob would have gave up. Where would we be? And this is where God is having me us tonight. 
is that it's not that you're unqualified. It's not that you're, it's, it's that you're not ready. A lot of us are not ready. God can give you a glimpse of your future, but until you're ready to handle it, he'll make you wait. Your character, quote unquote, maturity proves to God that you're ready. God's not looking for perfection. God wants to see if you will fight, that you won't run away, that you depend on him and you're turned away from your old self. So what God is letting us know that it's time for us to get at a place where we just one with him. He's getting us a place where we're by ourselves with God so that we can truly allow God to check our heart, evaluate our ways. And it's not to say that, you know, you're at a place where you don't know God, because a lot of us, we've been walking with God for a long time, but maybe you have reached a place of, of hardship. And now you're at a place like Jacob. When you get at to a place where you're like, God, are you really going to come through? And, and because of the desperation, because of the desperation, you see yourself backpedaling, going back to your wicked ways because of desperation and not trusting God, even though God has proved himself to you to be faithful. He's proved himself to you to be loving. He's proved himself to you to be a deliverer. So I encourage you tonight and those that's going to listen or watch later to take this time out, take this time out and truly get in God's face and intercede to him and say, Lord God, repent for first and foremost, because you feel like this, this, this message where this particular podcast has, has really caused you to reflect. Then this is a moment where you just need to go to God and say, Lord. I realized that I was not trusting you. I realized that I was not depending on you. I realized that I have truly been following my old ways and not depending and not trusting you, not following your instructions. And the beauty about repentance is that all you have to do is go to God and say, Lord God, I'm sorry. Lord God, I'm sorry. And I'm making a vow, just like Jacob's made a vow. I'm making a vow. The guy from now on, now on, I make a vow not to give up. For now on, I make a vow not to doubt. For now on, I make a vow not to worry. For now on, I make a vow to trust you. For now on, I make a vow to be obedient. This is what God requires. Not for us to be perfect because we're still going to make mistakes. But make a vow that even if you mess up, that you're still going to keep going. Even if you fall. You're going to get back up. And try again. Because it's not about. Huh, it's not about. Think about the match. It's not about all the rounds. That it takes for you to get to the end goal. But if you get that TKO. All them other rounds don't even matter. Why? Because you knocked the devil out you knocked them out even though it looked like the devil had defeated you when you every time you get back up and try again you are victorious every time you get back back up and and move forward you are showing god that you're ready that you're an overcomer this is what god wants he's looking for the ones that are going to depend on his strength God's word says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. This is why we are imperfectly perfect people. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. He wants us to depend on him. When we feel like we can't go on, call on God. Call on your father. Say, Lord God, I need you. I don't know how much more I can take of this. And I could definitely, I definitely can relate with you. But you have to be honest with God. Be honest with him. Let him know. And it's, it's important to be honest because he already knows anyway. Say, like, God, I don't know how much more I can take. But God, if you strengthen me, I make a vow to you that I won't give up. God, if you lead me, I make a vow to you that I will follow even if I don't understand. 
Whew, Jesus. God, if you save me, I make a vow to you that I will let others know of the answer. Because why? Jesus is the answer. So I pray that you guys were encouraged this evening. And I do want to end it with offering the gift of salvation. For those that may be watching and are listening and don't know Christ. And you've been looking, you've been struggling with your past. You've been struggling with, you know, having acceptance of society. But let me tell you this. I know a man that will accept you flaws and all. It is not negating what you have done. But he will forgive you and wash you and make you whole. If you believe. If you believe in him. And if you're willing to follow him. He will save you. And he will give you a fresh new start. So if you're ready to make that step. Say that prayer with me. Say Lord God. I realize. That I am a sinner. I realize Jesus that I need you in my life. Without you, Jesus, I am nothing. But with you, Jesus, I can do anything. So, Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart. Come into my life. Be Savior. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. Buried and rose on the third day so that I can receive eternal life and have it more abundantly. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I thank you, Jesus, for washing me and making me whole. I commit myself to serving you all the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome into the body of Christ. This is the best decision that you can ever, <coughs> excuse me, ever have made. Now it's time to move forward. I encourage you that if you made the decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that you did not look back. Don't look back. Look forward. Because the forward, the future is brighter. Your future is brighter. And just like Jacob, he struggled and he had a past. But Jesus still used him. And guess what? He would do the same for you. And even those that know Christ, know God, and may have been struggling and feel like this word has touched your heart and feel like you want to repent and give your life back to Christ, this is your moment. I ask that you say this prayer with me. Say, Lord God, I realize, I realize that I've turned my back on you. I realize that I have not been obedient. I realize that I have not followed your instructions. And Jesus, I ask that you forgive me. Forgive me of my wrongdoings. Forgive me for not trusting you. Forgive me for not following you, Jesus. I already know that you're my Lord and Savior. I already know and believe it and I confess it with my heart that you died on the cross for my sins. I ask that you renew my mind, wash me, make me whole, transform me into the woman and man of God that you called me to be. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me another chance to get it right. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me another moment in time to get back up and try again. I commit myself and I vow to you to never give up again. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome back to the body of Christ. Welcome back. Now, don't ever look back again. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus Christ. I pray that you guys were encouraged this evening. If you need prayer, make sure you reach out to me. For those that are watching, you can inbox me on Facebook or Instagram. And those that are listening, you can um, email me at traineesharp at gmail.com. And I'll make sure I keep you guys in prayer. I love you guys so much. Make sure that you stay encouraged and be mindful of everything that's going on. Be safe and be wise. I love you. Until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys later. Bye.